to another edition of the New Era Leafs podcast. With you, as always, is myself, Joey Kanji, and along with me is Gordon Monroe. Gordon, how's it? How's everything going? Uh, not too bad. I actually, uh, I'll be honest. I was watching um, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, just like like I'm halfway through it right now. It's on pause. Oh, that's uh, I don't know. I'm not really into those horror movies. Wait, really? Know. No, I'm really not. I don't know. I find we, I find horror movies extremely stupid. Like, yeah. we can get into this a little bit if you want, but I'm just like, like, oh my god, like it's so bad. <laughs> they're, they're so bad i find them and just like there's so many yeah. times that like i'm watching them and i'm like i'm like first of all you just, the main characters in horror movies just put themselves in like the worst possible kind of danger ever just on pure stupidity and it's just like really like it's not even like entertaining at that point it's just stupid yeah that's true yeah yeah you got like a big like massive killer who's like six foot six with like a ginormous friggin' butcher's knife and they run to the bathroom with no windows and like lock themselves in yeah that, i i definitely see what you mean there actually it's like, they do put themselves in bad positions it's like it's like, like the halloween movies for example mm-hmm. every single halloween that michael myers guy goes and just wreaks havoc on that neighborhood why the hell is everybody outside you <laughs> yeah. know what's gonna happen but you're like, oh, I'm just going to hang out outside. Like, yeah, actually, I, I watched the original one a few months ago. And, and I always found it really weird because, like, uh, basically like at one point near the end, like, it, I almost said spoilers, but it's like a 40-year-old movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, she goes upstairs and, like, she's going to go, like, see the kids. And Michael Myers was downstairs, right? And he comes up the stairs and she, like, freaks out. And she, like, pushes the kids to go into another room. And she locks herself in a closet while Michael Myers is, like, 10 feet away. And it's, like, A, he would have murdered her before she even got to the closet. B, why would you lock yourself in a closet while Michael Myers is right there? Like, <laughs> you imagine? He's, like, ah, oh, shit, the door's locked. Fuck, okay. <laughs> Yeah, literally. <laughs> All right, let me go on to the next house. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. It, it, see, like, that's the thing is, like, they're terrible. And, like, especially the old ones, the really old ones, which I actually are my favorite, I think. I think it is because they're bad, though, is why I like them. But I really like the old ones. I don't know. For me, I just, like, I just find them, like, so dumb. Like, I'd like a good psychological horror. <laughs> like, yeah. um... Well, like an example would be like I don't know if you watch the movie Us or like movies like The Purge. Mm, yeah, like ones that like really mess with your head. That one, like after you finish watching it. Yeah, see, it's weird. Like I actually, I kind of agree with you because well, I haven't seen Us and like Get Out and stuff. I do, I do have to. Those, see those they're both really good. I recommend them. Yeah, like I feel like stuff like that wouldn't scare me as much because like stuff like the purge doesn't scare me. But what really scare, like I'll be honest here, like I I hate the paranormal activities type stuff. You know, like the uh, um, like the really like the uh, the supernatural ones. You know, right where there's like a, a demon you can't see that like grabs someone by their ankle. I, mm-hmm. I don't like that. I don't like those ones. See what what scares? That's like that thing. Like I saw the clip when you were like younger and like. You get you'd go to sleep at night and then like you'd get a little hot so like you'd put your leg out of the blanket and you're like oh no the demon's gonna pull me out so you put yeah. it back in. <laughs> but like yeah. no like uh the thing that really gets me those clowns I'm terrified of clowns oh really oh horrified like I will never watch it it just uh, won't happen it's non-negotiable 
I guess that's I guess that's true. You know what? That is kind of fair because like they do they, they are really creepy. Like they really creep me out. Mm-hmm. Can't trust someone that happy or that happy appearing. Yeah, yeah, that is the thing too, right? Is yeah, there is like that little. Uh, is it like uncanny valley? No, no, it's not uncanny valley. But like the stuff where like yeah, where it's like like you really shouldn't be this happy like like a purse human like this you know shouldn't be this happy right and it's almost that fake happiness of like you know the painted on smiley face and stuff where it's like mm-hmm. creepy anyways this is a hockey podcast yeah sorry movie podcast <laughs> um so uh yeah we'll get into it um we missed some time unfortunately but we promised to be back to one time to at least one episode a week um this is yeah. some, uh, expect episodes every monday afternoon from here on out and um yeah so that means that we didn't talk about the morgan riley extension and uh holy shit did that come out of nowhere yeah right it was just just dropped on us and it was even dropped on the players right because you saw that video that came out of them all like being told after practice and them like mobbing him yeah like i just remember i was at work mm-hmm. and then it must have been like an hour after it happened. I finally checked my phone. I get a text message from one of my friends who's like, check Twitter. I'm like, first of all, it's a very vague statement. <laughs> that could mean anything. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay, either something very terrible has happened or something pretty good has happened. <laughs> or so, so I'm like, okay. And then like the first thing I see is like group chats that I'm in just absolutely blown the hell up. Mm. Like hundreds of missed messages in each one. And they're just like, and like the first thing I, and then I get, had the notification tweets on for like Leafs PR. And I just saw eight more years and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So that's what he wanted me to check. I hope. And, uh, and yeah, turns out that's what it was. Yeah. So, that's what uh, I saw too. Like, like I just, a very similar sort of thing. Just looked on Twitter, yeah. saw things blowing up and I was like, what the hell? And like checked, you know, saw Leafs mm-hmm. PR tweet. And I was like, yo, what? And it was literally, yeah, the eight mo years. And I was like, holy shit. And I, like freaked out. Yeah. Do you have any, or did you have any like initial thoughts on that trade? And if you did, are they different from how they are now? Maybe like about 10 days afterwards, give or take. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, at first, I thought it was like insane. I was like, seven and a half million dollars for eight years is a massive commitment to make for a defenseman who's like kind of nearing 30, like 27 ish. Yeah. You know, it's going to be 28, I think, when the contract kicks in. I was like, you know, that's a little rich, you know, seven and a half million dollars. <laughs> um, and now it's obviously like, I, I think it's like a lot better. And I think it makes a lot more sense when you think about like where the money's coming from and stuff. What about you? I was saying it the same way. Like I was like, Ooh, that's a lot. But then I saw like, I don't know for me, I saw the seven and a half as like a good thing because I'm like, if they wanted to resign him on like the open market, mm-hmm. he would have been getting a lot more than seven and a half, I think. Yeah. And like barring another global pandemic, which hopefully that does not happen um let me knock on wood here uh <laughs> yeah um hopefully that doesn't happen but like yeah barring another global pandemic the salary cap is just gonna like rise over that time so like the seven and a half will not feel like seven and a half if that makes sense and then like he has like the no movement clause which is he has it for the first six years of the deal mm-hmm I mean, I think those are the most important years of the deal. 
Like those are like the years, like the first six years of the years where you still expect them to be productive. And like the final two years, are just kind of like whatever, but I don't know. That's like an issue to not worry about now and to worry about like a few, uh, a few years from now. So it's just like, it doesn't really matter to me. Like, I think Morgan Riley is like, like, I can't really picture the Leafs without Morgan Riley, like warts and all, like, like acknowledged. Like I, even like when you acknowledge like, like his weaknesses and stuff, it's like, I can't picture like the Leafs defense without, without him. Yeah. And and that is the thing too, is because he is like also like in the locker room wise. And I know that like, it's kind of cringe for like a, for one of, you know, one of us, like an outsider to say that, but like, I feel like in the locker room, like he's a big presence. Well, like, we saw it, it in, 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 um, all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, he's just been there for like, so, and like you saw too with all the, uh, like I mentioned earlier, but like all the, um, the players like mobbing him. Right. It's like, clearly he's like beloved. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and, and he just seems like such like a, uh, such a big presence mm-hmm. um, on the team. So it's like, yeah, I, I definitely get it from that aspect and everything. And kind of like you as well. Like I, the only real issue that I have is that he is, uh, pretty bad defensively. Um, but then but, there's games where he'll play, and then you're like, holy shit, like he's really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. He just can't keep it. He's, yeah. Like last year in the playoffs, he was like probably the best player on the ice. Yeah. Other than like William Nylander and like Jack Campbell, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. He was definitely our best defenseman by far. Like, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know really know how much more you want to get into this, but like, yeah, I don't see it aging like that poorly. Yeah, like, me neither. I don't know. Like he's someone who's like been stayed like been able to stay like fairly healthy throughout his career. It's not like it's not like the Oilers signing Zach Hyman who has two bad knees or whatever for eight years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like mm-hmm. the money too. The the thing about like I guess we'll kind of get into it a little bit. Like the money is like. Because at first you look at it, and you're like seven point five is a lot of money to have on like a you know, when the cap is going to go up by a million. Look at but what you Seth also, Jones signed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like it's huge. It's that, that's an albatross. That's, yeah. that's, that's not even starting off well, let alone aging well. And I um, think, uh, I think Morgan Riley is a lot better on both yeah. ends of the ice than what Seth Jones is. Yeah. Yeah. Literally it, it's so, I mean, so it's not too bad there. Like market value wise, it's like a million or two less than what he'd get on the open market. And then also the fact that like the cap is going to go up by a million this year, at least I think it's expected to, I don't know if it's confirmed fully, but it's expected to go up by a million dollars. And then there's $1.2 million coming off from Phil Kessel's um, uh, from his uh, retention on his deal because his deal expires. So that's mm-hmm. like two and a half million or $2.2 million. And Morgan Riley makes 5 million. So really like that's where pretty much the extension money is coming from. Yeah. Like it's, it's not bad. Like, it, you know, all they'd have to do on to fit that contract into this current system, you know, like all like, on this current team, really all they'd have to shed is $300,000. Yeah. It's not, not that like, that's very doable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. And then they have so many other deals, too, that are, like, really trade. Like, there's no bad contract on the Leafs. And we say this all the time. Like, there's not a bad contract. Like, sure, like, Mitch Marner's maybe paid, like, a million or a million and a half too much. But, like, that shouldn't make or break, like, your cap structure. Like, if that – if, like, you're talking about a million, a million and a half dollars making or breaking, like, your cap structure, then, like, you you got a lot more issues than that. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. And like, but too, it's like Marner's a 90 plus point player, pretty exactly. much money in the bank. Like, yeah, if he, like, it's, it's, it's not going to sink you pay overpaying that. Well, guy. I'd rather overpay that guy than pay mm-hmm. like Louis Erickson, $6 million. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it later, but like Mitch Marner's look like he's found his name again. Oh yeah. Yeah. They've all bounced back big time. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get to like the more current stuff that's been going on in Leafland, um, one thing that kind of made the rounds on on Twitter uh, was it last week, um, well, or a little bit of like the week before is uh, Michael Amadio getting picked up off waivers, and it's just like, <laughs> why does the Leafs like fill out the bottom six for like every single other team, basically? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so crazy. Like, I I just don't get it. Personally, like, I think people on Twitter make way too big of a deal of it. Like, it's waivers calm down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. These guys are, we're talking about like the 13th forward, mm-hmm. you know, like on this, on this team without Ilya Mikheyev still. Like, so technically the 14th or 15th forward. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then you it's have like, team. and then you have guys in the minors who I think can make more. Oh, like today they, they called up uh, Simeonov. Seminov and, and uh, Joey Anderson. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Did, did you know anything about Simeonov playing or whatever? Um, I don't know if he'll play any games. I, I do know that like I, I have seen him with the Marlies a little bit and he looks fine. Like mm-hmm. he looks decent. Um, you still got to use to the North American like ice and stuff, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I yeah. Think, I feel like that's a bit of a learning curve. Yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, he's, I think, 24. So it's not like. Yeah, you know he's a lost cause. Not like this is literally only who he like. He could get marginally better. Yeah, um, and I mean he was uh, he was Ily Mikheyev's like centerman for years in Olmsk. So, mm-hmm. um, anyways, back to like the waiver talk. Like, That's I just like- want to know. I just like want to know. Like, like I've heard a lot of people say that. Like on Twitter, there's been this terrible asset management by Kyle Dubas because you you lost. Adam Brooks to keep Amadio, and then two weeks later, you just you just cut ties with Amadio too. And I'm just like looking at it, and like you're talking about 13th forwards on the team at mid at, at best. Yeah, and I'm just like like Adam Brooks, who was on the team, would he be the everyday fourth line center? No, no, not even close. Just like how Amadio, he was he would have had the exact same role as Michael Amadio. Like he's playing yeah. on the Habs, playing third line center. Oh my God, that's the terrible situation. If you have Adam Brooks playing your, your third line center, yeah, like, like, yeah, literally. And like we're talking about a player who's very, who's very comparable to like Michael Amadio as well too. Like, like I don't, I, I don't get like all the outrage and stuff. Like I hear it all the time too. Like not to call out anything, but like, mm-hmm. oh my God, they're talking about it on the Steve's Angle podcast, and it's just like, oh my God, like <laughs> calm down. <laughs> Yeah, there's, it's really, it feels like, um, it feels almost like people keep like, kind of just trying their hardest to like, like shoehorning in, you know, like these like takes about Kyle Dubas and like, you know, his asset management, like poor decision making and things like that. It just seems so dumb. Some people want to see him screw up so badly, I feel like. That yeah. like the littlest things, be, oh, see, see, computer guy with glasses, not good. Yeah, right. And like, even because even in Steve Dangle's case, like he's, I mean, they seemed like relatively happy about like Kyle Dubas, like at the beginning and stuff. And then like, I almost, I do kind of think like there's a large portion of people that are like that, that just hate Kyle Dubas. But I think Mm -hmm. there's also like a lot of people who like, 
they almost just don't know what to criticize so they're just like yeah let's just blame this guy it's his fault fuck him and it's like yeah what like like are he i don't know i i don't want to be like you know praying at the shrine of kyle dubas but like he's done a lot of really good since he's came here like i don't mm-hmm. Like, I don't get this constantly. Everything that happens that's, you know, kind of mediocre, like, like kind of somewhat bad is just some indictment on him. I'm going to say this, and I hope that um, fans of other teams, specifically fans of teams in Canadian markets, just hear this, like, sentence. But, like, the Leafs matter so much in the grand scheme of things that yeah. a 13th forward getting picked off of waivers makes headlines. <laughs> yeah, legit. <laughs> This would be like, yes. I don't know who's even, I can't even name the like 14th forward on like, on like 98% of other teams. Yeah. Yeah. Like if Nick Batan gets picked off waivers by the van from the Vancouver Canucks, like, it, like does that matter? Does that make like anything? Does that even get like screen time on TSN or like even get a, you know, like shoot into like a friggin' an article, you know, like a wet a weekly roundup article. Uh, we know somebody that that will write articles about Nick Patan, <laughs> but uh but, all over Twitter and mm-hmm. yeah, but uh but yeah, to the normal person, uh no, Nick Patan <laughs> does not matter. Yeah, like I don't know. It's so weird. It's so dumb. It, like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, like it sucks. It, it, it sucks in like the way that you know it's like ah. Yeah, you you know actually honestly my my view on Adam Brooks getting picked and Michael Amadio is pretty much Brendan Shanahan's view when Jimmy VC got picked and he's like wow really that sucks anyways you know like <laughs> I like I just I'm just like I don't care like it's like wow Adam Brooks got picked off that sucks okay anyways moving on it's like it's like it's like does every like other GM think that like just because they're from Toronto they're gonna be like really good or something. I swear to God, the Leafs can't put anybody through waivers. Other than the only time I can remember that someone like surviving waivers for the Leafs is when Jason Spezza said, "If anybody picks me up, I'm retiring." <laughs> yeah, oh, he would have gotten picked up too. That's so funny. Is like, oh, he 100 would have, especially considering last year, like they put VC on waivers. He got picked. Boyd, he got picked. I think there was like, someone it was else Jimmy VC too. Like Jimmy VC wasn't even good. Yeah, yeah, we like. We literally played him next to John Tavares and William Nylander, and he sucked. He couldn't mm-hmm. do anything. Oh, yeah. Putting him next to, what, Anton Roussel and, like, Louis Erickson in, in Vancouver was definitely going to help that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I, I haven't even looked. Like, this is how little I care about Jimmy VC. I haven't even looked at, like, how he performed outside of Toronto. Like, Who even is he? Uh, I don't even remember. I don't know. He is he playing somewhere. in the NHL? Oh, the, the Devils. Oh, is he playing though at all? I have no idea. Genuinely not a clue. Oh man. <laughs> I'm looking it up. I have to look it up. <laughs> we have to I have to know if he's playing. Watch it has like 10 points already this year or something. <laughs> Imagine. Oh my goodness. Oh, he is with, oh, he's played eight games. What's his stat line? Oh, 10 games. I don't know why it said eight games played. Ten games played, yeah. Two goals, zero assists, two points. <laughs> Yeah. He sucked with Vancouver. Twenty games played, three assists, three points. Yeah. What was it? Yeah, he's just he's just so mediocre. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, everybody loves to have least players on their team. Apparently. Yeah, uh, it's so crazy. I, I actually I wish we would I would have known that we were going to talk about this because someone made that list where it was like, oh, Travis Boyd was picked up, Calvin Pickard, Curtis McElhaney. Like, how many people have been picked off waivers since Kyle Dubas took I think over? None of them are that good. Like, the only one would be like McElhaney, but like, I don't know like how 
sustainable his success was with the Leafs. It was just like a flash in the pan kind of thing. And at the time, they made the right decision. Like Kyle Dubas doesn't have like powers we can look into the future and see that like Jordan, oh, sorry, I almost said Jordan Sparks, that old singer. Uh, <laughs> oh like, my god, holy shit. that just like hit like a like a note in my brain, like yeah. from like 12 years ago. I know. Oh my god, I've never thought of that person in my life up until for whatever reason I tried to say Garrett Sparks, but, anyways, <laughs> but yeah, like he doesn't have like special glasses, like his glasses are special, he can't look into the future and be and, and predict that that um Sparks was gonna be this bad. Yeah, like, like at the time, five bad or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, it was terrible. But uh, I, if you had to make a decision, would you rather have Michael Hutchison be your starting goalie or Garrett Sparks? Right now, or uh, just like the the take into account their entire body of work? Oh no, that's easier. Okay, right now, who would you rather have? Michael Hutchinson, one hundred percent. At least he can somewhat hold his own in the NHL, yeah. right? And and that's just right now, though, right? Like mm-hmm. when Dubis made that decision, it was like Garrett Sparks just won a Calder Cup and was like named goalie of the year in the AHL at like 24, and, 25. And he was like much younger than yeah. Curtis McElhaney, who was like literally on the way out the door. So it's like yeah. it, he made like, the right decision. It was just didn't pan mm-hmm. out that way. And like that's that's going to happen. Yeah, Curtis McElhaney, like a career third string slash backup goalie who like had his career year at like 36. Like, I, I mean, how would Dubas have known? Like, I don't know. The glasses can look into the future. What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> and like, yeah, people are going to play about Calvin Picker too. Like, has he played a full season on an NHL roster that wasn't that god-awful avalanche team? No, I don't think so. I, I genuinely, I, I don't even think like he's played more than, I, I'd honestly put money on him not playing more than a dozen games since he got picked mm-hmm. off waivers. Yeah, like it's it's ridiculous the things that people want to complain about. Yeah, it's it's honestly, it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's literally just insane. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, even if you want to get mad at Adam at us losing Adam Brooks, it's like, yeah, we do have like a Kirill Semyonov. We have a Brett Sini. We have like player X, player Y, players that, like, we have so many different players that, like, we could just throw in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that are, like, if not, like, the same, if not better. Yeah, exactly. Like, it just mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. I don't I don't get it. I think they're such replaceable players. But anyways, uh, let's get into more current stuff. Um, we've got Mrazic on the shelf again, which is just, like, got to feel bad for that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people want to like write off the contract ten games into it. It's like I don't know. It seems a little premature to be honest, but like it's I definitely get luck. the worry. Yeah, exactly. Like a groin injury for a goalie isn't the easiest thing to come back from. Like this happens all the time with goalies that like have groin injuries. They think they're okay, they get cleared to play, and then they like they get back on the ice and like oh maybe it's not okay. Like it happens yeah. all the time. It's not yeah. like this is like a new thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like I don't know. He'll have probably. I think they. I think the press release said four, uh, four weeks. Like he should be fine by the time he comes back. And I mean, throughout his career, he's been a really good goalie. Like I'm not willing to write him off and be like, wow, I can't believe. And this is actually one thing that I was talking, kind of hinting at when I said people want to blame Dubis. Is people were like, wow, I can't believe you know we spent three point eight million dollars for three years on this guy, and it's like he's already just an injury prone player. Like. 
I don't know. It just seems so insane and so premature. Yeah, like, like writing this guy off. It sucks because like basically for like a good a good portion of like the first half of the season, the Leafs aren't going to be able to do what they want to do in the crease. Yeah. Which was have like, to carry Joseph Wool or Michael Hutchinson. Oh God. I don't want to see Michael Hutchinson play again. Me neither. To be honest. Like better than Garrett Sparks, though. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> way more, but way better. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, but like yeah, it's just whatever. Like I we know like Campbell's injury history too and stuff. So it's like you don't want to like depend on him that much, but like when you have Morazic injured, you kinda have to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's one of those things too where he uh, Mrazik's gone for a month. It's like you're not gonna go out and get another goalie, right? Yeah. To have that time. So I don't know. Michael Hutchinson's probably gonna have to play a few more games than we want, but or Joseph Wool, even because I think that's the guy who's I think he's still up with the team. I don't think they sent him down to the Marlies. Oh yeah, he did get called up. Yeah, he got called up ahead of uh, yesterday. Honestly, yeah. like I think it could be good. It could be a good opportunity too for Wool, because um, they could see what they have in him. At one point, like you have to see what you have in him, right? Yeah. At one point yeah, exactly. or another. He's twenty three or twenty four. Better than having a U of T goalie in the uh, sitting on the bench. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. They do have some like depth wise. Like, I don't really care about the Marlies and stuff. Like, I, I mean, so they have at least Michael Hutchinson who can give you NHL games at least if you really need to. But yeah. like, yeah, I mean, it's it'd be good to experiment and see what you have in Wool, and if he can mm-hmm. give you like decent minutes, you know, that's. I mean that's good, right? Because then now they're now that once Mrazic gets back, that's a four, you know, a four sum of goalies that can uh, <laughs> they can play you know, NHL can, games. Yeah, exactly. That can they fill hold in their own in the very least. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Um. Yeah, there's not really like much to add about. Just like it sucks. It's terrible mm-hmm. luck, and like I hope that he that he uh he comes back healthy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I don't know. Yeah, because I, I, I think he'll be. Re- I think he could be really good when he comes back because he's just throughout his career, he's mm-hmm. been a really solid goalie. Yeah. Um. There's also uh, trade rumors now. Oh with, yeah, uh, on our back end. Yeah. Um. So it was Friedman. Was it on Thirty Two Thoughts? Um. Who said that? I think so. It's one of their right-handed defensemen, and they said like Hole and oh, sorry, Hole and uh, Dermot are are mm-hmm. available for trade for the right price. And I don't know what to make of this. Like, I already know like my sense. If I had to like pick one to trade, it would be Justin Hole. But like, does this like mm-hmm. change your opinion at all? Like the fact that like he's been a healthy scratch for for basically the entirety of like the least five game win streak. <laughs> yeah. And uh like does it change your opinion at all on like the Jared McCann stuff in the offseason that they like picked to choose him over like McCann, but then also then now they're trading him like not even like a dozen games into the season. Yeah, I haven't even fully worked out my thoughts on that, but like I I mean you know like I'll be honest like I was kind of hoping that like they would cash in on Justin Hall, um, to be honest, over the off season, but they didn't, and that's okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it kind of does, to be honest, like a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. It stings just that little tiny bit, you know? Yeah. Like, I understand the reasoning. It's a lot mm-hmm. easier to replace a bottom, like mid to bottom six winger yeah. slash or forward than it is to like replace a top four, like right-handed defenseman. Yeah. And especially at like $2 million. Yeah. Like you're not going to find that value anywhere else. Like we've had this, yeah. this conversation countless times, like last season on the show, but mm-hmm. um, so like, you can go back to like, listen to like our full thoughts on it, but like, yeah, it does kind of suck from like an asset uh, point of view. Yeah, it definitely does. Then again, Dubas' glasses can't look into the future. He couldn't predict that Justin Hole would absolutely fucking suck throughout like yeah. <laughs> this game, like this season. Yeah, and then like I've seen some people too like blame Muzzin for it, and it's like, what? Like it, that's a stretch. Yeah, like, like I've seen some people be like, "Oh, Muzzin actually sucks, and that's why Hall sucks." And it's like, Lilligren's no, playing just really. fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh man, Lilligren's so good. Hey, that that Sandy and Lilligren pairing is like. I think has been our best pairing, like analytically. Um, it's almost like five game stretch. It's almost like they know how to play with each other or something because they did a did it a ton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they even talked about that too. Like they're just comfortable mm-hmm. with one another. And that's just, why I hated that's seeing so on Twitter like all those like all those like Twitter boomers being like, "Oh, you can't play Sandine with Lily Grin. They're too young." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like if they're just good. Then just play them. Yeah. You know? It doesn't matter, man. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's so insane, and I don't know. Like, I mean, plus, like, I, I feel like too. Like, I feel like there is something to what some people were saying about Muzzin for a little bit. Um, I think he's but like, hurt. He's, yeah, I, I think so too. But I mean, I think like over the last few games, he's looked better playing with Brody, and and I just kind of wonder if it's just you know him being thirty two, almost thirty three, with some injury history. What what are the pairs now? Like they kind of like flop a little bit. Yeah, they're um the Riley Dermot mm-hmm. on the top pair. Um yeah. which I mean Dermot's been playing fine there. Like I actually don't mind him. Um mm-hmm. Muzzin Brody. And they're kind of like the shutdown pair. Like they're being used pretty heavily in defensive situations and mm-hmm. and and they're playing decently. Like they're not amazing, but I mean they're not bad. And like we've yeah. seen with the comp line, like you know, when you have a hard match like defensive line, like you're, you can only expect so much if they're playing like top competition and stuff like that. Like you can only expect them to look so well if you know you're starting all your shifts in the defensive zone. Yeah, exactly. Like um, so that and like, oh yeah, and then Sandy and Lilligren, and Sandy and Lilligren are like off the charts. They're like insane, mm-hmm. but they're also like, they're not even being sheltered that bad. I don't think. I just think they're like, you know. They're mm-hmm. just not like getting re- the really tough minutes. It's just fine. I mean, like they're two young yeah. defensemen. Like that's how. Like that's how you're gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the thing too. Is like people. I feel like ah, oh, people act like Liljegren is, and and I feel like people are definitely gonna be eating their words now <laughs> this year. But like Liljegren's like 22. Like people I, act like he's like 24, me and, 25. Me and you are older than Timothy Liljegren. Yeah. Oh my Jesus, that's a horrible thought. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh shit! <laughs> Jesus, I'm sorry yeah, to ruin no, your no. day like that. Yeah, but. fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, it's true. We are. Yeah, like we are. Old, we are 23 years old. I, I don't feel like I'm old. No, I don't know. I, I I hope not. I don't know. Don't, if I am old, then he. 
Yikes. <laughs> yeah, literally. I had my a funny story. My like little cousin, like my little nine year old cousin yesterday called me old. And I was what like, fuck? and like I was sitting next to like I was sitting next to my grandfather at the time. And I was like, if I'm old, then what's him? And then <laughs> like he's just like he just ignored the question and just went back to like playing his video game. <laughs> Jesus. That's so mean. The, the, I know. Kids just always just say like just the most ruthless, most ruthless things just like out of nowhere. It's crazy. Oh my god, I know. I want to It's crazy. I don't remember doing that as a kid. Maybe I did. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, very quickly. I actually one of my friends kids, one of my very close friends kids, um I was meeting like uh like one of like a family member or a friend's family member or something for the first time. And he's like wow, you're so awkward. And I'm like, what the, f- why would you say this to me? Like in front of everyone, why would you say this? <laughs> oh God, that's anxiety inducing. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I already have horrible anxiety, kid. Why would you do this to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so if you had to pick one to trade, would it be Hall or Dermot? And what do you think the package would be like for each? Uh, I, I do wonder, like, I feel like if Hall was playing every day, it'd be more. And and like this is the only reason why I might be okay with trading Dermot is because I feel like with Hall, like he's been healthy scratched for what like five six games now. Like what do you like? What's a team gonna give up for him? You know, realistically, yeah. I feel like, like he I'm has to sure. be in the lineup and like have a few solid games or something. Yeah, yeah, especially when he's like very outwardly like the seventh D. It's it'd be different if it was like a Timothy Lilligren who's like twenty two and they're like, yeah, he's our seventh defenseman. You know, he still has really good potential. If you want to take a crack at him, you know, give us more. You know, you could probably get more out of that in a yeah. trade. But like, what's um, called like twenty nine thirty? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's paid two million dollars. I think even I think that goes after this year too. So I think a lot of teams will like the fact that. He's someone who's proven that he can play in the top four before, like not long ago, and makes yeah. only two million dollars. Yeah, yeah. People brought up the obvious of like uh, L.A., who's dealing with um, Sean Walker and Drew Doughty injured to the yeah. right side. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, I could day, see them, yeah. you know, being mm-hmm. willing to take a run at him. Yeah, and like I don't want them to move on from Dermot because I think Dermot is like, I think Dermot's like really good still, like. I really like Dermot, and like I think if you're gonna move on from one, it has to be Hall, and you got to move forward with Dermot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I definitely agree, and it's like a, a part of it. I just feel like Dermot. Kind of I just feel like Dermot can do more. Yeah, like I yeah, feel exactly. like he's. I feel like he's better in like transition. He's better like in transition. Like he's better in like 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 zone exit and like zone entry like situations and like stuff like that. Yeah, you can move the puck like so much better. Yeah, and... basically, yeah, that's what I was trying. To, I was trying to say yeah. really smart, but that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he skates really well too. Yeah, like he's such a good. Oh my god, he's so good. Um, I actually really like him, and like honestly, like he can play lefty, righty. He can play like third pair. You want that vers- You want that versatility. Yeah. He can play up and down. Yeah. Yeah, he's. Oh, I actually really like. That's why I really like him, and and that's where it really bothered me if we trade him. But also, it's like. I feel like you get a lot more for him. I just hate that both of them are like basically like pinned like up against each other right now because like they're such good friends and stuff. Like remember they broke when they both broke into the league at like the same time. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah. Yeah. Didn't like Hall play like, because I think they called Hall up and like he played a couple games. He like got, 
I think he like scored in his no, I think, first game. Yeah, both of them scored in like their first game. I think they'd made their debut together. No, yeah. Dermot was called up first and then Hall came afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then they both scored their first goals in the same game and stuff. And I remember this, it was during the dad's trip and Justin mm. Hall's dad didn't make it on time for oh, like that, that game. Sucks. But then like Dermot, like Dermot's dad was there and was like just as happy for like Hall as like he was for like Dermot because they showed like his reaction too. And like, apparently yeah. like, like Hall knows Dermot's dad like pretty well and stuff. And like, I don't know. It was like, it was like a nice story. Oh, I actually didn't know that, man. That's that kind of makes it really sad. Yeah, it's like the human aspect. Like, like for example, like this one sucks. But like the Raptors like cut somebody the other day, mm-hmm. Sam Decker. They had they had to cut him from the team, and literally like three days before, I just announced that his wife was pregnant with a baby, and they bought like a Raptors onesie that he posted on on Instagram. Oh crap! Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, so where does he does he have to? Is he a free agent now? Or yeah. Oh, that really sucks. I, I was like, at least if he like went down to like the G League, I, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, that's what know. it is. Like, yeah, maybe it'd be a little different. I don't but... think that's how it works. I don't know. I'm a little fuzzy, but yeah, I have no idea. I know nothing. But I'm I was pretty like, sure you know, he's I... just a free agent. Oh, that really sucks. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, it's the worst. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it gets overlooked a lot too. Like the the human aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Like. I mean, we're a Leafs podcast, but like the Vegas Gold Knights, like the fact that they keep trading people, like Alex Tuck just signed a big deal there and he gets traded. You know, all these sort of players get traded from there. It's like, man, like most of these guys, like they like sign long term deals and then they're gone within a year or two. It's like they must probably just bought a house like a year ago. These guys are, it's crazy. Like the Golden Knights, man. Like yeah. they don't have any of their first round picks still on the team, do they? Um, or within Nick the organization. Or, I think there's one or two. Mm-hmm. But like that's it. They like, traded, that's in like six years. They traded Glass. They traded Suzuki. They traded Krebs now. Yeah. And I think, oh man, I don't, I'm not even sure who is that. Brandstrom, right? Yeah, Brandstrom they traded. <laughs> yeah, they keep trading everyone. This is not. Listen. The Golden Knights came into the league and like were a very good team for like a while and probably still mm-hmm. will be if it wasn't for all these injuries that they have. Yeah, you know, they trade for Jack Eichel, but like man, when they when these players are gone, they're going yeah. to stink. Oh yeah, they're gonna fall off hard big time. Like they better get a cup out of it, or else it's gonna be such a failure. Yeah. Oh man. Like I, I I'd feel really bad, and and I think that will be really interesting too to see. Um, I mean, maybe, mm-hmm. like, they can stay relevant, like, in the playoff picture, I mean, long enough to, like, get a good fan base, you know, where, mm-hmm. like, like, kids grew up with the team from, like, you know, started watching them at, like, eight years old, and, like, you know, the yeah. team was really good, and they watched them until they were, like, 17, mm-hmm. so they stick with the team, but it's, like, I, I do wonder if there's going to kind of be, like, a fallout of love type thing, Yeah, if they, like, suck for 10 years. Kind of like know? what, like, I feel like what a lot of Leafs fans are going through this season, because, like, yeah. I was talking to my uncle the other day, and he was telling me that, like, the Leafs don't have like a sellout yet for like really? the, for the season at home. And he told me this uh, like a few a few home games ago, so maybe it's changed since then. But like the Raptors have had more sellouts than the Leafs have had at the very least. Jesus. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. There does it. seem to be there does seem to be mm-hmm. something else going on. Like in the, like heading into this year, I mean, 
That's what it seemed to be. It seems to be different. Yeah, there was like a different. Like it wasn't as much of a buzz. Yeah, and like it almost just seems like more. Yeah, more people are almost like apathetic. Like I know, like, like personally, like I know a lot of people, like a lot of my friends, who were like huge Leafs fans, like me. But now they just like they're just kind of like, like yeah, whatever. They're on a five game winning streak, but like none of this matters if they can't win again. <laughs> yeah. See, I just try to. I try to enjoy it in the moment. Mm-hmm. He's like, none of this matters if they can't get out of the first round. And I'm like, you're kind of right. <laughs> yeah, it, mm-hmm. it definitely is. I mean, I just try to, yeah, like I said, I just try to enjoy it in the moment. Because it's like, I mm-hmm. remember growing up, like, uh, uh, friggin' begging, you know, like, like praying to God, essentially, that, like, the Leafs would, like, <clears throat> have, like, a Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves type you know, type player at one point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I remember like watching highlights of like, not even just Patrick Kane and Taves. Like I obviously now, cause of what their legacy kind of tainted a little bit, but like Ovechkin Crosby, like that sort of tier of player, you know, I'm like, I wish we had like a superstar, you know, like cause Phil Kessel was great, but you know, now really, we have like so many great players. Like I loved Matt Sandin, but like we kind of saw like the back end of that. Like when, yeah. from what I, from what I remember, well, yeah, I never saw the Leafs make the playoffs until 2013. Like, like yeah, I, have, I, I have like very vague memories of like 2004. Yeah, and like I remember like my dad having like my uncles over to watch like the Battle of Ontario's. Like sometimes, like very, I'm talking about super vague memories. But yeah, like yeah. yeah anyway, I, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> we keep going off, but no, yeah. like mm-hmm. I don't know. So I mean. I don't know. Like, like, I think the Leafs should. I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, mm-hmm. you can go. Anyways, yeah, let's get to the on ice product. As we've mentioned, the Leafs have won five games in a row. Uh, Mitch Marner looks like himself, which we'll get to. But there's one yeah. thing that stands out for me, and I think you know where this is going. And like, my question to you is like, what the hell does Nick Ritchie do? <laughs> um, he uh, classic, he plays. classic, classic Leafs podcast. Eh, I'm just. Pointing out the negatives when they're on a five-game winning streak. We're really part of the Toronto media now. Pointing out the negatives of a fourth-line left winger. Exactly. <laughs> oh, this this is the this is the beauty of playing hockey in Toronto. We should rename it Leafs Lunch. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I actually, I've kind of defended Nick Ritchie a few times. Like, I kind of like him, um, but I, I definitely like he's. I don't know. He's like, he does stuff. <laughs> he plays hockey. I guess. He's, I he's out there. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I just more like the, like the idea of Nick Ritchie, to be honest, like a net front guy, you know, who can help them in the playoffs type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, he, uh, yeah, he's definitely slower than everyone else. He's not very skilled. Um, he hits sometimes. <laughs> Uh, he doesn't do much. I don't know. Like, he just doesn't do it for me. Like, are you you telling me that, like, you can't find more value in this roster spot with, like, someone like Josh Hosang or, like, even, like, Simeonov type of player? Because, like, I think, like, on the fourth line, too, like, I think Wayne Simmons has looked, like, really good so far this season. Yeah, he's, like, Reborn, man. Yeah, like he's looks really good, and like Jason Spezza is Jason Spezza. Like he's mm-hmm. he's he looks good too, and like you just see like Nick Ritchie just like 
man, I feel like every time the puck is in the offensive zone, that fourth line and the puck ends up on Nick Ritchie's stick, it's out of the offensive zone. <laughs> yeah, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> Oh man, he like, uh, I was watching like the game against Vegas. They were up like four nothing, and I saw Nick Ritchie and just stood out so badly. When I'm just like, I'm just like, it's four nothing. I should be happy, but I'm just wondering why he's on the ice right now. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. I, it sucks because like, yeah, like, it, like I've been trying to kind of get at it. It's like I, I know that he has skills, and there are like some things that I, I see how he can be valuable to the team, and like there are flashes of it, but. Yeah, no, he doesn't do much. Like, it'd be different if he was like Simmons, you know, just kind of like an energy guy who went out there, hit guys, you know, just mm-hmm. something, right? No, but even but, Simmons with the puck on his stick has been, like, making stuff happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, like, if Nick Ritchie could do some half of that, that'd be awesome. He'd be really valuable. Figured it out. I figured out why Nick Ritchie's on this team and what purpose he serves. What? He's a Sioux Greyhound. <laughs> oh my God! Wait, was he? Yep. No, there's no way. I thought he was like a. I thought he was like a Peterborough Pete. Yeah, but he did play a tiny bit for the Sioux Greyhounds. Oh my God! <laughs> All right, that's it. That's the mystery solved. <laughs> oh yeah, he played 23 games for him. Yo, he killed it though. 30 points. Holy Damn. shit! <laughs> oh, I see man. like all these like. Like fringe or like bottom six like NHL players, like their stats in junior and like the OHL or whatever. And I'm like, is the OHL even real? Like, I don't know what to make of these points anymore. Like so many people would have like 120 points in the OHL and like go to the NHL and do nothing. Adam Brooks. I mean, it's not OHL, but like Adam Brooks. Like junior hockey in general. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but they're playing against a bunch of people who like this is like their peak. And then like, they're going to go like take over their dad's farm or something. That and like to like that season in specific, like Nick Ritchie was. I mean, he had sixty-two points in fifty-eight games. Uh, he uh, he was twenty years old or whatever. He oh, was he like was an 19. overage. Yeah, he was like nineteen, I think. What did you just cut off for the OHL? Is it twenty or twenty-one? Or like junior in general, junior in Canada. I think it's mostly 20, but I think you can have someone, I think there's like a weird sort of age thing where like you can be 21 at like the end of the season or something like that. I don't know. Um, But it's usually around 20. Like it's usually like two years after your draft year, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that's like hockey on easy mode for like a lot of these people. For like a lot of like people that are like no doubt NHLers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like I mean, Nick Ritchie, like he was a tenth overall pick. Like the guy had seventy four points in his draft year, right? Like, yeah. I, I mean, he was supposed to be a beast, you know. So, mm-hmm. and, and plus, that's the thing too is he's huge. He's like six three, two hundred plus pounds. Like going up against you know a seventeen year old who's like five ten, mm-hmm. a buck fifty. Like, but like my thing there is like, is like if he was just like slow, that was one thing. If he's just not as skilled, it's another thing. But like. To me, he just looks lost. Like, he doesn't know what he has to do, like, what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely get that vibe, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, like, it's like he forgot how to play hockey. Like he's just, he's out there doing laps. He's out there on pleasure skate. <laughs> yeah. he. It's so weird. Like, yeah, he doesn't do much of anything. But it's like, like I said about, like, you see skills where it's like, I feel like, yeah, if you put him on the net front type thing, you know, where you said like, hey, like, this is why I want to see him more. And it sucks that they struggled. But like, I want to see more on Matthew's wing because it's like if you could get him like net front type thing, 
you know, tipping in pucks, getting rebounds and stuff like that. Like, I feel like he'd be so good. Here's the thing. I've loved how bunting has looked there. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that to, like, fizzle out. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, bunting's really good. Like, he's mm-hmm. definitely not, like, you know, he, he was never going to sustain his Arizona shooting percentage of, like, 25 30% or something like that. But Yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, like, I think he's at, like, near i think he's over half a point a game so far this season yeah like he's been really good and like i think i said this i tweeted it out or i sent it in the group chat too but like that passing man on the kneelander goal against vegas like mm-hmm. like a lot of people like are like saying like oh like i can't believe we kept we, we we got rid of hyman to sign bunting or whatever but it's just like zach hyman's not making that pass yeah no like he does a Not lot of things that like Zach Hyman couldn't do. Like Zach Hyman is just banging crash. Like he was like a north south player. Didn't really have like much. Like he had skill, but like he didn't have like like Michael Bunting. I think is like. Not as big, but more skilled. Yeah, people like kind of compared him to um, and I do kind of like the comparison. I think he's like, like similar to like Darcy Tucker in a way. Like Blake Coleman. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and like honestly one thing too and this is like like he said like bunting is like the like the very epitome of like a um being able to cash in on those guys who are like you know kind of not fully hit their peak and they're like you know Mm -hmm. for you can sign them for under a million dollars because they locked them up for like two years and nine hundred fifty thousand. yeah so he's like Mm -hmm. you know and then that's perfect like, like, that's exactly what, you know, someone like Kyle Dubas, like what he's billed, you know, as a guy who can do. And he's still a rookie, technically. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bunting for Calder. Yep. Yeah. Well, he's Just definitely like, not going to win with, like, Lucas Raymond, but. Oh, man. Lucas Raymond's been doing really well. Yeah. I think he's over a point per game. Yeah, he is. <laughs> um. Uh. So, also, Matthews and Marner look like they're back to normal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Once they split up, like, Matt, once they split up Matthews and Marner, it, like, looks so much better. I've always wanted them to do that, though. Like, mm-hmm. one big yeah, issue I found, one big issue I found in the playoff series against the Habs is that, like, they were too predictable. Like, you had Matthews, who was, like, the clear shooter, and, like, Marner, who was a clear, clear setup guy, and then Hyman, who was the clear, like, net front guy. And, like, those were their roles, mm-hmm. and that was it. So, like, you knew that if you took Matthews out of the equation, that was it. Like, there was dead. There was nothing going on in the offensive zone. You put Nylander next to Marner. Those are two shooters. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, it's just, like, it's, like, you kind of, like, you don't know, like the defense won't know, like who's gonna be, who's gonna be taking the shot in that, in that, uh, like on that line or whatever. So it's just like, like they had to have like more variety. Like yeah, had, and like I feel like that when you swap Nylander with Marner, you get that. And also, I think that's where Kerfoot plays his best too, playing on the wing with Tavares and Marner. Like I know mm-hmm. we saw it a bit last season. When they did that, and like I always thought that we've been over this. I've I've said this before. I've always thought that Kerfoot plays his best when he's playing with John Tavares, and he's looked really good this year ever since they made that change. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I he's looked really good the last few games, especially. Yeah, yeah, Kerfoot, and like what's really cool too is like you were saying, like with Nylander and Matthews both being like shooters, is like 
you, you, like, you just see it. Like it, it leaves one of all they, like the defense can only hone in so, so much on like, you know, certain players. Like they yeah. have to like, and they're not just going to leave Matthews wide open. So like, they have to like, you know, kind of let... opens up the ice a lot more for both. Of yeah. Them. Yeah, exactly. And like, so they kind of have to like let off of Nylander a little bit. And like, he is just an amazing shot. Like he's able to just rip it. Mm-hmm. So they just like pretty much let him just like rip it and like, or, or, you know, they're like, Oh wow. You know, Nylander is a really good shot. Let's kind of, you know, cheat a little bit and they kind of get caught, you know, only focusing on him and leaves Matthews wide open. Exactly. The whole ice just opens up that way. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I thought they should have made that change in the playoffs. I didn't see it enough. Yeah. My only thing was that like, like, cause they did try the Nylander Matthews Marner line and like historically it hasn't looked all that good. I feel like, like it's yeah. never really looked all that it, weirdly enough, right? Like it's never looked all that good. And like, mm-hmm. and if you took in like to go into the playoffs, I guess a little bit, like if you took Nylander or a Marner off Matthew's wing, it's like Marner's not the type of guy to like, for some reason to like, he's an elite playmaker, but for some reason he can't like drive a line in the way that Nylander can. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like defense is like, they don't respect him as a shooter almost maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, for me too, like one thing I noticed with Marner, especially like earlier on in the year when he was like not on his game at all, I just like it's like you refuse to shoot, like you would overthink mm-hmm. everything. Like, there's I even noticed this in the playoffs too, and it was like really frustrating watching him play because there's a lot of times where like he'd have like a wide open net and he'd make that extra pass or whatever, and then like that, like he should not have made. And then when he had like the wide open cage to shoot at, and like I noticed that earlier in the season as well. Mm-hmm. And like I just feel like he just like was way too much in his head. He just was like, like he was committing too much of to that role. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. It almost felt like, and, and I think a player or one of the players um, on Nylander's, uh overtime winner on like the on the power play from mm-hmm. a few day, games ago. Um, it felt like I think one of the players mentioned that. Keith like kind of said to them like to not look for like the perfect shot and just fire it on net type thing. I think that's one of the players that I can't remember if I heard a commentator say this or if it was a player, but I'm pretty sure they said that the like, Keith told them to like, just kind of put it on net type thing, you know, just, you know, stop getting too cutesy with it. And it's like, I feel like a lot of times like Barnes at his worst when he tries that, you know, when he tries to just, you know, he almost looks for that perfect, like, oh, Marner to like Matthews cross crease, like, mm-hmm. whoa, this is insane. You try to you know, force it a perfect lot. ending. Yeah. Yeah. They're like always trying to force stuff. And like, and he's like, oh, it's not open. So then it's like, he's just sitting there stick handling, like, you know, pass, let's pass it back to Riley and let's pass it back to Marner again. Pass it back to Riley, pass it back to Marner. And it's like, it's like, come on, someone just frigging shoot it, you know? Someone just like, yeah. you know, move two steps and fire it or something, you know? Like, Michael Scott said it best. You miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. <laughs> it's true though. It's mm-hmm. true. Sorry. Michael that- Scott said it after when Gretzky said it. <laughs> well, what's that one? Uh, what's that one NBA players quote? I'd rather go over oh, on waiters. I'd rather go over <laughs> yeah. 30 than over nine because, the, because if I go over nine, that means I lost confidence. <laughs> Oh fuck! That's true though. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, and like, I feel like Marner has to have that mentality more. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, like I'd rather see him, you know, hit like throw a bunch of muffins, you know, on net, you know, just right into the goalie's chest, than uh, you know, then just like wait too long, hesitate a uh, you know a couple seconds more, and like 
just destroy mm. the play, you know? Another thing he'd do too is like, even if he were to go for it on net, I'd feel like he'd make that extra move that gave the goalie a little more time to like, like he'd like be sick yeah. handling it too much too. Yeah. 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 That's what I was saying. Like, yeah. You know, um, yeah. Yeah. He just hesitates too long. Like he, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think you kind of said it too. Yeah. It gets in his own head. Um, yeah. And it just hesitates almost. I think that's why, like, I never bought the argument of like all those people being, Oh, Marner got his money. He doesn't care anymore. I'm like, no, I think the, yeah. the I think the issue was the opposite of that. He cared too much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I always, I, I hate, that's like the worst friggin' thought uh, or like the worst um, narrative that people throw out there is that like these professional athletes who, you know, focus 99.9% of their life on don't care about the game they play. Like, Mm-hmm. It's just so insane. I don't know. It's like okay, Jim, Jim from Oakville, who who works at the Ford plant. Like, <laughs> you know, you know exactly what it's like to be a professional athlete. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, I, I, I mean, shit. Like, like a player sitting in the penalty box, you know, practically in tears. Like, that's not a guy who doesn't care. Like, that's just yeah. it was so insane, even at the time, to say. Like you can mm-hmm. say he chokes. That's totally like it's totally fine. But I don't know. I, I just hate when people call like into care like athletes' character into it. You mm-hmm. know. Trust me, it's very obvious when an athlete doesn't care. Like you yeah. can tell. Like Ben Simmons, for example. Um, Pierre Luc Dubois. Evander Kane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pierre Luc Dubois in his last few games in Columbus. Oh like, my god, that shift against that, that was it against. What was it against the, that, that well that shift? Oh, I can't remember the infamous one. It was actually hilarious. First of all, <laughs> it was so funny. Like he's skating in, towards was, a loose puck. Ah, fuck it. Like he's he was like, skating nope. towards a loose puck. Went in the corner with it. Got a slight bit of contact. I was like, fuck it, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this guy's like a six foot three power forward. It's like getting out muscled by like a five foot ten guy. Like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that was so funny. Um. <clears throat> Yeah. Um, anyways, is there any other things that you want to talk about? Um, no, I mean, the only thing I want to bring up, it was kind of later that we didn't really touch on. Um, but you brought up a really good point about the Riley contract. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to go back to it, but it was, uh, but you brought up about the, uh, the modified no trade clause in the last few years. Mm. And like one thing that I've noticed, cause I was doing a little look at, uh, at something that I'm going to be, putting out in the next few days, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, is that like on the Leafs blue line, like with those big contracts, they did that a lot. Look at the Jake Muzzin deal, the TJ Brody deal. Like in the last year or two, like there's some sort of a modified no trade clause. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's really good because, you know, it it gives them that out in the last year or two where it's like, if things, if this, if Jake Muzzin, you know, for instance, falls off, in the last year or two, you know, they can trade him. They can, you know, they can move on from him, you know, and like he'll have a submitted 10 team, no trade list. And, you know, they can trade him yep. if need be, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so, and then that's, that's a really smart thing that Dubas has done. I think with those deals, right. It's not just a flat, no trade clause, mm-hmm. you know, so we can't, cause that was one thing too, that Adam Wilde uh, brought up that, like he kind of compared uh, Dubis what he's doing now with like Marner or after the Riley contract, he kind of said it's like the Muskoka five type thing. He kind of compared it to that, and it's like no, no, like oh, he like when the Leafs signed like 
who was it that they signed? Um, oh, it was like Sundin, McCabe, Caberlet. Oh, yeah, all these people at the end of their primes. Yeah, like, and gave them all no trade clauses so that, like, you know, they, they could say no to trades. Yeah. Because that was a big, like, notorious thing was that, like, you know, they were entering a rebuild and they couldn't trade any of them because they all had no trade clauses and all refused mm-hmm. to waive them. <laughs> See, I didn't really know that. Until like recently, the Muskoka Five and all that. Because like mm-hmm. at that point, I was just a kid. I didn't know fucking. I didn't know oh, what contracts were. <laughs> oh me neither. I, I had a friend's dad tell me that the Leafs signed this guy named Jeff Finger, and I'm like, who is that? Like what? <laughs> I, uh, I remember that. I remember they signed Jeff Finger, and I was like, <laughs> his name's Finger. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, I said literally. to my dad. I think I made a joke to my dad. I was like, is his middle? Is, oh, sorry, is his middle name Middle? <laughs> <laughs> I think. I, oh my god. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh Jesus! The things the kids say. Oh yeah, no, Pavel Kubina was one of them too, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, Pavel Kubina. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Sundin, Tucker, Kubina. Was it Caberlet and McCabe? Might have I think been. that was the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but these are like at the end of their prime, so like yeah. these were bad deals. Like comparing, like, is it, was his was his comparison like? Like the like the big five that the Leafs have now to that, just like throwing out. I remember listening to that episode. But I don't really remember all the details. Yeah, it was like a week ago or something. I, yeah. I forget it too. But yeah, but but he did kind of bring it up that like, oh yeah, Dubas gave out all these big money contracts and like doubled down on these guys, you know. And it's like one, he's doubling down on literal superstars at like the prime of their careers. And not even the that, they guys. still haven't reached. I, Matthews and Marsh still haven't reached their peaks. They're. 23 yeah. and 24 years old like yeah. 25 is like when you reach your peak yeah Nylander's like at that now and he's mm-hmm. still signed for another like three plus years so it's like it's just insane you know that he would even mm-hmm. say that and it, but he threw that out there and he's like oh yeah they did that and then like you know and he's as these old guys to big content it's like literally they're in a perfect cat like I, I know the big meme is that the Leafs are in a horrible cap situation and like well, the oh, thing man. is though it's like it's like it's not a terrible thing. The Leafs are just the first ones to do it. Now look at like yeah. the New York Rangers or the Vegas Golden Knights, and mm-hmm. the, like look how many players now are just paying top end talent, and like how many of those teams do pretty well? Like all of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the Rangers haven't made the playoffs yet, but they're still an extremely young team. But they, look at all that talent they have on their team, and look how well they're doing to start the season. Your Temi Panarin because of Anajad, like. Okay, Chris Kreider yeah. just like yeah, that's kind of a bad yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah, Chris Kreider's a bad deal. Jacob Truba's a little much. You know, yeah. he's paid he's he's being paid more than Riley. Yeah. But like Adam Fox, yeah, um Jad and like Panarin are like really good deals. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter how much you pay them, to be honest. Oh yeah, the Adam Fox deal came down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what started. And like Okay, whatever. Tampa Bay like, doesn't really count because like they have that no tax thing, so they can sign players on a discount. Yeah, that's the thing with Vegas too. Yeah, that's the th- yeah, yeah, exactly. And and like, the thing too is like, I, I mean, like I don't know, like like I don't really like like I'm not gonna lose sleep over you know a couple hundred thousand or a couple or like a million or two dollars, you know. Mm-hmm. Like people like point to like, oh, you know, Braden Point took like such a nice discount. You know, he's getting paid nine point five million dollars starting next year. And it's like, yeah, Matthews makes like two million more, but like Matthews is better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Marner gets paid one point five million less. He's probably or one point five million more. He's probably not as good or like, you know, it's kind of 
they're kind of equal. Yeah. So I mean, it's like it's like oh, we have a ninety-point player getting paid one million dollars more. Mm-hmm. Like we're not pay- we're not we're not paying Brady Kachuk over eight million dollars. Like relax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Though, like unironically, like it's just so mm. insane to me. Like yeah. Yeah, that's the thing is, yeah, it's like the players they're paying, and also like the fact that none of them are bad deals, none of them are big time overpays. And if you even want to call something like the Riley deal an overpay, you know, he's still going to give you value. It's not like you're overpaying, yeah, like a Louis Erickson, Milan Lucic, or something like that, you know. Oh my god, Milan Lucic is still in the NHL, yeah, yeah, he's paid over five million dollars. I remember when I was like 12 years old, I always said like, man, Milan Lucic is so good. I'd, I'd want him to be on the Leafs. And like, <laughs> he fell off quick. Yeah. yeah th- th- that is one thing I will say is like, I genuinely didn't expect Milan. I don't think anyone expected Milan Lucic to fall off that quick. Like he, like went, he from- went He went from Boston to LA and like, he was still like pretty good in LA. And he signed a deal with Edmonton and just fell off. Yeah, I think he played good the first year, if I'm not mistaken. With like, but he was also playing like next to McDavid, and I mean, yeah. like, I'll be honest, because I did kind of watch a little bit. I remember like him just being so slow, <laughs> and it was like, how are these guys supposed to work together? <laughs> like, how are they? Here's a here's a question before we wrap things up. Mm-hmm. You get put next to Connor McDavid on a line, and 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 for a full 82 NHL game season, how many points do you think you're getting? Oh fuck. Okay, if it's this season where McDavid's on pace for like 180 friggin' points. Oh. And Drysaddle's on pace for even more. <laughs> Is he? I, I think Drysaddle has more points right now. Oh, he might. Jesus. Drysaddle, so I think, insane. has like 10 points in the last three games. <laughs> Something ridiculous like that. Oh, man. Like, they're just next level. It sucks. Oh man, we'll we'll have to do it on another episode. And like, I mean, there's a million opportunities we can have for it, but it just sucks. Like how they're just gonna torch these guys, you know, friggin' primes. They literally can't get a team around them. Like I don't yeah. know how you don't. Like all you need, all you need is like how how big is an NHL roster? Like, twenty three, twenty three with like extra players. Twenty like for a okay. How many do you ice lineup? in a game? Like for 20. like a lineup, twenty. All you need for the Edmonton Oilers is Connor McDavid, Leon Drysidle, maybe like three like like decent players, and then just like fill up the rest of the lineup with like just capable capable NHLers. That's it. Yeah, and like oh man, we could like we could literally get into this, but it's like they had so much. Oh my god, like they had so much cap space this year. They had like they did, a beautiful opportunity like uh freaking mike hopkins oh sorry sorry no they spent it on like mike smith and like duncan keith yeah mike <laughs> zach smith, keith mike smith duncan keith zach hyman tyson berry extension which isn't that bad 4.5 isn't that bad yeah but like cody cc three and a quarter for four years mm-hmm. like and imagine they, if they even signed like michael bunting yeah not even just him like just anyone really like it's just so insane to me like Nugent Hopkins like because at the start it looked promising when Nugent Hopkins gave them an almost $900,000 discount you know mm-hmm. off his previous contract because he was paid six million dollars and he went yeah. down and signed just slightly over five it's like mm-hmm. wow that's like amazing what a great way to start the summer and then it's like mm-hmm. ah, we signed Zach Hyman for five and a half million 
Oh, and then we'll also trade our young defenseman, Ethan Bear, who's playing like top line minutes in Carolina. You know, let's trade him bring for... in Cody Cece. No, they brought in Warren Fogle. Oh, yeah, I wrote Warren Fogle. A friggin' third line yeah. winger. Like, you know, and, and then, yeah, but they did sign Cody Cece, you know, and then, oh, let's trade Caleb Jones for and a, and a pick for Duncan Keith. Like, also signed Darnell Nurse for nine and a quarter. Oh, that's a little much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How is Darnell Nurse being paid more than Morgan Riley? How is Ken Holland a general manager? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. This actually. is all this does is add to my theory that if you just like made me GM of X NHL team, literally anyone, I'd be better than at least like. I'd say 40% of other NHL general managers with no experience. I'm just a guy talking on a mic right now. Oh, I believe it. What's crazy too is Darnell nurse. I'm looking at it. Sorry. I know this isn't great podcasting, but I looked at it. His career high in points. I mean, other than he had 36 points in 56 games last year, 41 and 82. And he's getting paid over $9 million. Okay. But like, He's a defenseman, so whatever points are and everything. He's terrible defensively. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Is like he's also bad defensively. He doesn't even like score to justify it. Yeah, I don't even think Seth Jones does. Jesus. But look at the deal that he got in no. Chicago. Name brand gets you everything. Holy, it's so insane. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anyways, is that all we got for today? Kind of went off on a tangent at the end there, but yeah, we went on like multiple tangents. Oh yeah, <laughs> tangent filled episode. Title of the podcast: Tangents. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that could be honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So thank you for listening to us uh, this long. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Joey Kanji ninety eight. Follow the podcast on Twitter at New Era Leafs and follow. Gordon on Twitter at ride the pine 89 look out for content as well from me and, and Gordon and I guess we'll see you next week.